Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, I'm interviewing the amazing Dana Whitby. Dana is the host of the Soul Rising podcast. I've had her on the show a couple times before, and today we are talking a little bit about the similarities and differences between tarot and oracle cards, and Dana sharing some of the behind the scenes journey of what it's like to create your own oracle deck as we celebrate the release of her inner compass oracle, which is available for order now. It was a great conversation, not only in the process that goes into publishing an independent deck, but also the process of the creation of that deck and how different decks can be structured. It was really fascinating. So I know you're going to love this interview. But before we get started, I want to answer one of our listener questions. So remember, you can submit your own question anytime at loveandlightschool.com slash ask for the chance to have your question answered right here on the show. Today's question comes from Bridget, and Bridget asks, what are some suggestions of crystals to keep on your nightstand and why? Bridget, you are in luck. I actually just held a free live class on Facebook last week. You can find that video still up on my Facebook page at Love and Light School, but I've also posted it to my YouTube channel where I've added in a little bit of extra fun footage and some really nice meditation music for the guided meditation that we do at the end. It's called An Evening of Crystal Magic, Practical Crystal Techniques for Winding Down at the End of the Day, and you can find it completely free over on my YouTube channel. Just head to youtube.com forward slash the little at symbol, love and light school. You can click on videos and it'll show you all my most recent videos. So just look for an evening of crystal magic and enjoy that free class. We talk not only about some of my favorite crystals to place on your nightstand or bedside table and why each of these are my favorites. We go through about four or five different ones, but also some of the other little rituals and techniques that I like to do at the end of the day to help me wind down and get ready for bed. So I hope you will find that useful, Bridget. And Bridget also asks, I've been wanting to learn about appropriate ways to use the crystals, but I haven't had time to dive into it yet. Do the days of the week crystals work if I handle them on that particular day, or do I need to carry them with me in order for them to work? This is a really good question. So I think the general consensus for the most part is that if you're looking to work with a crystal, to support you energetically for a specific day, I would say most people probably suggest carrying it uh, or wearing it, right? Like having it on you somehow. However, your question is really interesting and it kind of made me think. I think like if you started your day with a little time connecting with that crystal that goes along with that specific day of the week, maybe at your altar or in your sacred space, or if you used one of the free guided meditations uh, for the days of the week with your crystals that I have over on the Insight Timer app, which is a totally free app, my meditations are free there, I have one for each of the seven days of the week, then I feel like, yeah, sort of actively engaging with the energy of the crystal would probably be enough to sort of charge you up with its energy for the day. 
So definitely check out those meditations over on Insight Timer. You can download the app and do a search for me, Ashley Levy, or you can head over to my website at loveandlightschool.com, hover over learn in the navigation bar, and then just click on free meditations and it'll take you right to my page on Insight Timer where you can find those seven free meditations for the days of the week as well as a few others. And finally, Bridget asks, I make handmade jewelry as a hobby. What do you offer that could assist me with my continued knowledge of the meanings behind the crystals? And I'm beginning to work with herbs. Can you offer any suggestions of how to learn more about them? So definitely, I'm so happy to help with this. This podcast, as well as my blog posts and the videos that I post to YouTube and to social media are a great place to start learning about the meanings behind the different crystals. I have tons of healing properties blog posts where I really dial it in and focus on just one crystal. But because we average about one show every week, week and a half, there are still a lot that I haven't posted yet. I have write-ups for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of crystals, but I think we have maybe... Um, just over a hundred or so blog posts with podcasts and videos about healing properties. So in the meantime, if you're looking for a great introductory guide to crystal healing that also covers tons of crystals and their properties, be sure to check out my book, The Beginner's Guide to Crystal Healing. Learn how to energize, heal, and balance with crystals. It's a great book with really helpful photos of different crystals. It's just under 15 bucks. You can find it pretty much anywhere books are sold. And you can also order signed copies through my shop, mimosaspirit.com. Another amazing resource that I would highly, highly recommend is the book Crystal Basics Pocket Encyclopedia, The Energetic Healing and Spiritual Power of 450 Gemstones by my crystal bestie, Nicholas Pearson. This is the most amazing pocket guide. I mean, truly, there are lots of different pocket guides out there. There are lots of different books that focus on the healing properties of crystals. This one is so concise. It covers the physical, psychological, and spiritual healing properties of 450 different stones. There's great photography. You really can't get much better than this if you want a quick reference to what your crystals can do for you. Plus, it's a really great size, it's easy to travel with, and it's only 20 bucks. So you can also find that book, Crystal Basics Pocket Encyclopedia, anywhere books are sold. And Nicholas was kind enough to sign some copies for my shop over at mimosaspirit.com. And you can also find signed copies of Crystal Basics Pocket Encyclopedia and all of Nicholas's books by heading over to his website, theluminouspearl.com. And then just click on books up at the top. You can browse all the different books that Nicholas offers. And when you click on the individual book titles, it will give you links to different booksellers where you can order the book as well as the link to get signed copies through Nicholas's Etsy shop. So I hope that helps get you started on the right track, Bridget. You have so much fun sort of exploratory time ahead of you. And I think it's really exciting to get to know your crystals one at a time. In terms of herbs and how you can learn more about them, 
There's a great post over on my blog at loveandlightschool.com blog. When you're there, you can search for the blog called Working with Herbs and Crystals. Plus, there's a recipe on how to make your own calendula salve there. So definitely be sure to check it out. There's also a podcast by that title. And it's just a fantastic introduction to pairing and partnering your herbs with your crystals, as well as kind of getting to know the energies of your herbs. I also have something really cool. It's a digital oracle card deck, so you can download it and print it out yourself. It's called A Kitchen Witch's Oracle of Magical Herbs and Spices. And it's sort of a really cute compendium that I put together that goes through 43 different herbs, spices, and more. And it lists some healing qualities or properties for each herb. It has some three-card spreads to help you work with the cards. And it also includes a recommended crystal companion for each herb. So it's a fun introduction to herbal magical properties that you can use like flashcards, you can use as an oracle for divination, but if you want to learn more about the medicinal qualities of herbs and how to use them for healing, then I would recommend you go to a few places. Um, I've taken training from each of these because I'm also really interested in herbs and I think that they were all good in their own way. They were just all very, very different. So you can check out the herbalacademy.com as well as chestnut herbs.com, which is the Chestnut School of Herbal Medicine. Both of these have online programs that you can do to learn about herbs for healing. And then Cornell University also offers through its online platform, eCornell.com, a medicinal plants certificate program. So you can head to eCornell.cornell.edu and search for the medicinal plants certificate that they offer. That one was definitely really challenging but I found the experience really invaluable. So I hope that gives you a few places to start your herbal education as well. So I hope that's helpful for you, Bridget. And if you're listening and you have a question that you'd like me to answer for you about crystals, spirituality, or anything else you're curious about right now, let me know over at loveandlightschool.com ask. Discover how you can deepen your spiritual journey and follow your soul calling with crystals. The Love and Light School's award-winning crystal healing certification program opens soon. Go to crystalhealerschool.com. Well, it is finally time for us to dive into our main topic today, which is that fantastic interview with the amazing Dana Whitby. So without further ado, I will turn it over to the recording of our interview, and I hope that you will enjoy. Welcome. I am so excited today to be chatting with the amazing Dana Whitby. Dana's been on the show several times before, but she has something super new and exciting to talk about today. So Dana, thank you so much for being here. Oh, Ashley, thank you so much for having me back. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. I always love chatting with you. You and I talk frequently on Instagram too. We're usually <laughs> sending yeah. messages back and forth. Um, would you mind just introducing yourself to everyone in case they haven't caught one of our previous interviews? Yeah, absolutely. So I like to call myself a divine messenger, and I do that through several different modalities. So I am the author of an upcoming Oracle deck, and we will get into that in just a minute. But I also am a Holy Fire Reiki master, 
and I am a past life regression therapist as well as a meditation teacher. And my background is actually in traditional mainstream mental health counseling, which I actually currently do. I'm also a grief therapist for children in the Charlotte area where I live. Um, And so I really love to marry and blend kind of that mainstream mental health with the spiritual and to bring those spiritual ideas down into the physical and how can we actually use them and and make things more tangible and make that healing something that we can sink our, our teeth into. I love the way you actually combine different modalities and the ones that you work with kind of all gel really well together and flow into one another and allow you, I think, to provide a lot of support for people um, in such a huge variety of ways. One of the favorite things that you do of mine is your um, Instagram stories where you do choose a card like A or B. And it's really fun to see um, how much those messages resonate. Because I think one thing that's interesting about card reading, and you mentioned you have a new Oracle deck coming out soon. It's available um, for pre-order. It's the Inner Compass Oracle. It is gorgeous, like absolutely beautiful. I've seen you use it a few times on stories. You're sharing some of the cards, but I love when you offer those pick a card uh, stories because you really see your unique view and insight into the cards kind of shine through when you're providing those interpretations. And that's something that I so appreciate. In fact, on more than one occasion, when I've come across one of those stories of yours and it has really, really resonated. I've screenshotted what you said and written it into my journal entry for that day because I it has been so impactful. Um, so I would love to know a little bit about how you made the transition or the leap from reading cards as part of the practice that you do overall into creating and designing your own deck. Yeah. And first of all, thank you so much for your kind words. I I love to do that because even though it's a a collective message, it still does somehow have a resonance for everyone who sees it. Um, So I actually started by writing a book. I thought that I would put some of the healing work that I had done with clients and again, both mainstream mental health and kind of the spiritual world into a book to really help people. And I got about 5,000 words in and I hit this wall. I just had nothing else to write. Nothing was coming to me. And I had to just kind of back away from it a little bit and spend some time just not working on it and sitting in meditation. And it came to me one day that this was actually an Oracle deck. I have loved and used Oracle and Tarot since I was a teenager in the late 90s. Um, They have always been a love of mine. They were my first entry point into the spiritual world. Cards are something I use all the time. And so it felt like a coming home to myself. It kind of felt like this moment of like, of course, why would I think it was a book? Of course, it's an Oracle deck. So I took that book apart and broke it down into um, the different meanings of the cards and of course expanded upon it. But that's kind of really how I got there. And it was also just sort of an, um, an exercise in pushing myself to, to think, why not me? Of course I could. I mean, any of us can. It's just a matter of wanting to do it and taking that leap and, and having that faith in yourself, I think. I love that so much. And before we get into some of the nitty gritty of that journey, I would love to touch on something that you just mentioned, which is that you've been reading both tarot and oracle 
for years. So what is, if you could summarize for people who might not be familiar, what are the differences between a traditional tarot card deck and an oracle card deck? Absolutely. This is such a good question because cards can seem a bit intimidating to people who aren't familiar. Tarot has a set structure. So anytime you see a tarot deck, there are going to be 78 cards. Of course, some authors and artists take some liberties with that. But in general, there are always going to be 78 cards that are divided into what's called the major and the minor arcana. And so um, the major arcana is the fool's journey, the story of our time here on earth. And then the minor arcana is that classic set of cards with the four suits that you know and love. And those represent kind of our day-to-day life um, in your workings and, and how things flow together. So this, this tarot structure is sort of set and there's archetypes and we have to respect, I think, the structure of that when we create an or an, a tarot deck. Oracle cards are much more freeform. There can be any number of cards from, I don't know, 10 or 12 all the way up to, you know, into the 60s or 70s. It really is totally up to the artist and the author of that Oracle deck. And that allows for just a bit more flexibility and um, just freeform for the the structure of an Oracle card deck. That is such a succinct description of the difference. So I'm curious, what led you then to pursue an Oracle deck rather than a tarot deck? How did you know that the Inner Compass Oracle was in fact meant to be an Oracle deck? Yeah. So the way that I knew was just in the way that it came through with the divine downloads. So I knew that I wanted, I started with this idea of a compass and the idea that we all have this inner compass within us, but we maybe don't know how to access it. And so from there, um, my, honestly, my guides, my angels, my divine team told me that there needed to be four sections in the deck. So um, honoring the four directions, north, south, east, and west on a compass. And so right there, I knew, okay, well, a tarot deck is out because (laughs) that goes against, you know, the inherent structure of a tarot deck. And then from there, I was instructed to put 12 cards in each direction. And I honestly, I still don't know why. I still have no clue why 12. I guess maybe someday I'll (laughs) figure that out. Um, but that was why I chose the Oracle deck just simply because of its free form nature. And I could build it around the structure that, that I wanted and that I was envisioning. Also, just on a personal note, I started with Oracle cards. And so this feels like a full circle moment to me. Um, I incorporated tarot a bit later, but Oracle felt a bit more approachable, a bit more comfortable. There were less cards. There was, you know, the structure did intimidate me in the beginning. I don't know that tarot is always the beginner's choice. I think sometimes it is, but um, it felt like an easier entry point for me. You know, I'm so glad that you said that because I think a lot of people are intimidated by doing their own card reading mm-hmm. because their first introduction is tarot and it just seems a bit overwhelming. There's a lot to feel like you have to learn. feels like there's a lot to know before you can really dive in. Whereas an Oracle deck, because it's a little bit more freeform, the way that you work with it and use it can be a little bit more freeform as well, I think. Um, So it does seem to be kind of that uh, inviting doorway into the world of cardamancy and working with cards for divination, for personal growth work and insight. 
Um, and I'm, I'm curious, you talked a little bit about the theme of your deck and the structure of your deck and how that came to you within those four different directions and the 12 cards in each direction. Is there like a similarity among the 12 cards? Like, is there um, always a crystal in each of those four directions? Is there always a whatever? Like, is there more of a structure within each of those directions as well? Or is it just whatever you were sort of being presented with? Yeah. So the way that it worked was um, I I started in the East because the sun rises in the East. So the East um, message came to me first. And the so the entire theme of all of the East cards is recognizing our divinity because what came through channeled for me was that we can't connect to our intuition, our inner compass, if we don't first believe that we are divine and that we come from the divine. So that has to be our first step. And then we move into the South and in the South, the theme of those cards is shadow work and delving into our humanity and the parts of ourselves that we don't want to acknowledge or admit or recognize and, and how challenging that can truly be. But to ignore our humanity is to ignore this human experience that we're having. And then we move into the West and all of the cards in the West ask us to incorporate both this beautiful, shiny, illuminated divine self that you have discovered and your deepest, darkest shadows. And how can you love yourself through all of that? And how can you integrate both of those sides? And then we move into the North where we take all of this and we make inspired, conscious decisions and we take action toward something that we want or towards change. And then we cycle back around again, don't we? I mean, we always are constantly finding a new divine part of ourselves, a new part of our shadow and having to integrate. And so they showed me this compass as almost like a spiral. It's like we continue moving up and we have more insight and awareness the further up we go in our evolution, but we're still seeing that. And so within those categories, certain archetypes jumped out at me. Um, I just knew certain cards needed to be, um, or certain archetypes needed to be in different sections based on what they represented to me. But I do have, I don't know why. Now, this is a really strange thing. Um, there are only three crystal cards. There is not a fourth crystal card. And I do not know why. <laughs> Again, one of the mysteries that maybe will um, come to me later. But those three cards are very, very special to me. And um, I, I don't know. There, it's kind of just a little mystery there. But um, there are astrological signs and planets, as well as archetypes of things that you would find here on earth in nature. So it is reflective of both the human experience and the divine experience. I love this so much, not only because this is so well thought out, but because there are a lot of layers here. Like as you're talking about this deck and describing this deck, like you're talking about how this is a guide, like for us connecting with our own inner compass but then we also see our personal journey reflected in that compass. It's like pointing us on the way to the different parts of that journey. And I think that is so magical because a lot of times we turn to tarot or oracle or any divination method truly when we're at a crossroads, when we're having difficulty making a decision, when we feel like we've just are lacking in a little bit of clarity and we need sort of a confirmation of the way that we're feeling or the thing that we're thinking is the next best step for us. And it seems like this deck is really dialed into supporting us through our human parts of our life, right? 
Yeah, that truly was my inspiration was um, a, a healing method. And you can see how this was perhaps a book in the beginning, um, working through these different directions and all that I had to say about that. But I, I just love this Oracle card format so much better. <laughs> I love that it was sort of born out of another project because you were kind of following your own inner compass as well on that journey and just being guided to the right form for this information to be shared and this tool really to be used by other people. Um, let me ask you, Dana, how is the deck different than other ones out there? Because there are thousands and thousands of decks available. I don't want to tell everyone how many I have <laughs> a lot because different decks will resonate with me for different reasons. And I'll use some, you know, for different things. So what makes this one kind of special or different from some of the others that people might've worked with before? Yeah, I love this question so much because I really wanted to make this a more immersive experience rather than just shuffling cards and getting a message. So there are journal prompts in here. There are meditations. There are reflection questions. Um, also the crystal cards. You really are encouraged to either hold the crystal in your hand, or if you don't own that crystal, that's fine. The energy can come to you too. You can picture the, the crystal in your mind, or you can even look at the artwork on the card um, to try to bring these allies in to have something tangible. I also included astrological chart information. So for every planet that I have in the deck, you are given a specific message for your placement. So there's a general message for the card, and then you can look at your individual, say, Saturn in Aquarius, and you could have your own personalized message. So I wanted to take it from being collective and to bringing it down and making it much more personal for you. So there's a lot of interactive pieces here with the deck that I haven't seen in other places. I've seen astrological decks, but they still are kind of a collective general message. So this incorporates kind of your personal um, message and, and collective as well as you use it. That is definitely unique and really special, I think, to just give another way of working with this tool that is more kind of dialed into what your personal needs are and what you might need help with, what you might need more clarity about. I think that's a really cool idea. I also love the idea of some of these like reflection questions that you've mixed in because a lot of times <clears throat> we get the information and then we go, okay, now what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was really smart. Very cool thing to do. Thank you. Um, I would love to know a little bit about what the journey is like to create your own Oracle deck. I, I've done a few independently published decks myself. It sounds like you've gone the independent route with this deck as well, uh, which people I want to mention can order over at your website at danawhitby.com slash the dash inner dash compass dash oracle. We'll put a link uh, in the transcript for the blog, but definitely check that out. And I'm sure they can find it on your Instagram and your website pretty easily as well. Yeah, thank you so much. The process was kind of a long one. Um, this is something that has been about a two and a half year process for me. Again, you know, starting as a book and then having to turn it into something else took a bit of time. And I really found that as I wrote each card, I actually relived the message. So I pulled some of the messages from my past, from things that I had learned, but some of them I kind of experienced in the moment, or again, they they came back up for me in a different way. 
And it's interesting because sometimes the message came first and then I would match it up with an archetype that I felt like exemplified that message. And other times the archetype came to me first. And then I was like, okay, so I have this B, you know, I want to have a B card. Well, a B could symbolize community. Um, I could go into talking about honey or honeycombs, the sweetness of life, or the fact that the body of a bee is so big that its wings actually aerodynamically shouldn't be able to support it and how special that is. It's like you could go a million different ways. And so I really had to actually trust my own inner compass, my own inner knowing in what the message is supposed to be. And even within that, I wrote in the guidebook a whole section about how I hope that you take all of my messages with a grain of salt because this whole thing is teaching you to listen to your own inner compass. And so if you read my message and you think that's not quite right for me right now, I hope that you would listen to what you think of when you see this archetype, this item, this crystal, this planet, whatever it may be. So it was a trusting of myself, but also knowing that this is going to be its own entity for every person who uses it and, and allowing it to be everyone's, not just mine. I think that's really cool. And, and it really empowers the user of the deck, the person working with the deck to have their own aha moments and takeaways from working with those archetypes. And really that's pretty special because it creates this collective communal body of knowledge that's so much larger than even just how it started. Um, so I hope that people, when they have those insights, will share them with you and connect because that's always really special. I think when people, uh, share their takeaways and their experiences and let you know as the creator of a deck, like, hey, I had this really transformative or really powerful experience using these cards, you know, things for creating it. I think that's pretty cool. And I'm so glad that you want to empower other people, even in part of your writing of the guidebook, to, hey, use your own intuition, rely on your inner guidance and your inner compass to find the deeper meaning for you as well. And sometimes what's in a guidebook sort of leads us in the right direction and it it gives us a taste, but then we uncover that deeper meaning over time even. Like you said, even in the creation of this guidebook and the writing of the meanings for each card, you had this come up for you as well. Yeah, I think that's so important, like you said, to use this as a jumping off point. And you can do that with any deck, not just mine. You know, all decks are are like that. Um, and you know, it's interesting too, that I, I also want to mention in the creation of this, we were talking about the difference between Oracle and tarot earlier. I did use tarot to inspire some of my cards. I think that when we really use Oracle cards, they can help us to understand tarot cards a bit better. And the opposite is true as well. When we work with tarot cards, they can help us give a deeper meaning to Oracle cards. So there are a few of them that are inspired by tarot themes and ideas. I love that. Uh, Well, I'd love to know, Dana, in in this journey of creation, you went from a book and then a conceptualized deck, and then you start writing the deck. What kind of happens next in the behind the scenes of the process of deck creation? Like, how did you handle the art piece of it? How did you um, handle the production side because I think a lot of people are really inspired by all the amazing indie decks out there and they might be looking to you as kind of a leader going oh my gosh I would love to know how to bring you know my creation for forward as well how did you navigate that process yeah absolutely I love some of the nitty-gritty questions 
Um, so I wrote all of the descriptions myself. And then my, my whole plan all along was to find an artist because I knew that my strength was in the channeling and the messaging, not in the <laughs> visual side of cards. I just, that's something I know about myself. And I wanted to do these energies. Um, I wanted to honor them in the correct way. And so I just said, if I'm supposed to have an artist, then send them to me spirit. And I just asked that my team would lead them. And a friend just happened to recommend my artist. And we, uh, I saw her work and I saw that she only lived an hour and a half away from me. And I just knew that it was the right thing. I just felt in my, again, my, my intuition, my inner compass just led me to her. And so we worked together for about a year working on the artwork and, you know, she had her own process and she will tell you herself. Um, my artist is Jennifer Burge of Coral Antler. She also experienced these uh, messages herself in her own life as she created the artwork for the cards. Um, and it was almost like we created this matrix together where we were both tapping into the collective message of the card and she was able to interpret how it should look visually. Um, so once I received the art from her, I really felt very confident about it. But if you are working on a deck and it does not match the vision that you have, I think it's really important to speak up. That's something that you have to talk to your artist um, along the way about. Um, if you are trying to find an artist and you don't have someone to refer um, someone to you, you can always put out a call on your website or your social media or search for people online on Pinterest and through Instagram. There's tons of ways to find artists. And then um, once we had created all of that, I did some research on printing companies that I wanted to use. There's lots of different overseas options. For me personally, I wanted to print something in the United States. And so my search led me to a company called Shuffled Inc. out of Orlando, Florida. And I ordered a deck that they had already printed. I wanted to see the quality and feel it with my own hands and know what they would create. They also were very generous in sending me tons of samples of boxes and paper and um, all the finishes and all of these decisions that you have to make around the look of your cards. And so I used those to make some decisions and to get some quotes. I did get quotes from other printing companies as well, just to be able to compare and to know um, what, what to go with, you know, and to be able to make my decisions. And so I decided to move forward with them. And so after we sent them all of the cards, we had samples printed. And so we were able to see what they looked like to make sure that it was up to our quality and our standards. And from there, we made some changes and tweaked a few things. And then I approved the proofs and I paid for them. And now they are, I'm waiting in the queue to have them be printed. <laughs> so, so exciting. Process. I think yeah. I remember when you got the Proofs, they came printed multiple cards to a big sheet, right? So for yeah. your first sort of sample deck, you had to cut them out yourself to see what they would feel like and look like. And was that like a really exciting moment unboxing that and seeing your vision and your collaboration with Jennifer sort of come to life? Yeah, it was just an out-of-body experience kind of. I mean, I can't wait to even see, I still haven't seen the full deck actually printed in a box. But just to see the artwork printed out on on smooth paper, finished paper, it really, it really was wild. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> coincidentally, for those of you who are watching or listening, if you have my Cosmic Crystals book, the person who did all the photography for that book is Jennifer Burge, who is 
the artist of Dana's Inner Compass Oracle deck. So that's just kind of a cool random factoid. Um, but Jennifer is so talented. The cards that I've seen so far are gorgeous. And I can see what you mean about how they really do embody the energy of that archetype. And I see why you were so happy with them. Um, but that was such a great tip that you gave about if you're collaborating with someone on creating an Oracle card deck, if this is something you want to pursue and that artwork doesn't quite match up with your vision, like take your time and pursue another route, make another plan. Um, because I think your vision does deserve to not only carry the energy of the words that you poured into it, but also have a, a visual representation and energy that sort of matches up and aligns. And I can totally see why the two of you were a great team for this project. Yeah. Thank you, Ashley. I think that's so important to make sure you're aligned with your artist. And if you are an artist and you're creating these yourself, then all the better. I think that's great because you'll be tapping into your own energy. But if you're not skilled at that, that is okay <laughs> to outsource. A very good thing to tell everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, can you tell everyone, Dana, where they can find the deck, where they can get more information and where they can connect with you online? Because in addition to this amazing deck and the other work that you do, you also offer readings. I do. Yes. So I do offer readings both with my Inner Compass Oracle. I am doing readings with them currently. So if you want to um, experience the cards and hear the messages from me. I do readings with them right now, but I also do tarot readings as well. If you're more interested in that route. And, um, again, I offer Holy Fire Reiki and you can pre-order the deck at danawhitby.com. And you should see the inner compass Oracle at the top. You can click on that. Um, should be nice and easy for you there. And until May 28th, I'm offering a discount code of 15% off. If you use the code COMPASS15, that's a little thank you for pre-ordering. So I know <laughs> how many decks I need to ship, that sort of thing. You can also find me on Instagram at Dana Soul Rises and on TikTok under Dana Whitby. Amazing. So when is the expected, anticipated, guesstimated shipping date for your new deck? Yeah. So the estimated shipping date is the end of June. So June 28th, um, they may get to you by the beginning of July, but that is what we are currently looking at as far as production goes. Super exciting. That's coming up so soon. Um, I am so excited for you. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing a little bit about your journey in creating this deck, um, for explaining the deck structure, because I think it's so innovative and just sharing your light with us. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much, Ashley. It was a pleasure. And one more time, you can be sure to connect with Dana at DanaWhitby.com. Check out links to Dana's social as well as where you can order the Inner Compass Oracle. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, Crystal Blessings. It was so fantastic to listen to that interview with Dana again. I hope that you enjoyed it uh, as much as we enjoyed having the conversation. Hope you had some good takeaways and learned a lot. And I hope that you will check out Dana's beautiful Inner Compass Oracle deck. So thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope you found a lot of value in today's show. If you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash 
blog. Do you feel intuitively called to work more deeply with your stones? To grow your confidence, knowledge, and connection to crystal energy beyond what you can learn on your own? Our award-winning Crystal Healing Certification Program will take you from crystal lover to a confident, certified crystal healer and help you discover your soul's path and crystal purpose. Go to crystalhealerschool.com to learn more. And if you did enjoy tuning in and listening today, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave me a rating and a review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. If you've been listening to the show for a while, or even if this is your first episode and you enjoyed it, I would be so incredibly grateful if you take just a minute or two to leave that five-star rating and a written review on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, because it really does help other listeners find our show. It's a way that you can give back and show gratitude if you're enjoying the show. This is something I do totally for free. I love doing it, Um, but I want to make sure people continue to find the show and that it's shared with new listeners, and the best way to do that is to leave a review, share the show with a friend, If you want bonus points, I'd be super grateful if you shared it on social media and tagged me in your post. All of those shout outs really go a long way to helping the show get found and helping me reach new listeners so that I can continue to bring you new episodes week after week, month after month. So thank you so, so much. I'm so grateful for you. And that brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I can't believe it's over already. Uh, If you want to subscribe to the show to make sure you never miss a future episode, you can head over to loveandlightschool.com slash listen, where you can find our most popular episodes, most recent episodes, as well as all of the places that you can stream and subscribe to the podcast online. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Connect with us online at loveandlightschool.com or on social at loveandlightschool. The content provided on or through our website or podcast makes no claims for specific or general health or health results, and should not be used to examine, diagnose, or treat any medical condition, prescribe medications, make claims for specific or general healing or health results, or as a substitute for traditional medical treatment. For medical advice, you should consult a licensed healthcare specialist. For more information, please refer to the terms of use on our website at loveandlightschool.com.